please join me in a spirit of prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you have made us your beloved children through the offering of your Son, Jesus Christ. Continue through your grace to help us learn to walk in his love, follow his ways, and imitate him in lives of service, lives of goodness lived in your name. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to try to get back to preaching here. We'll see how this goes. It's been a while, about a year. But I'm so enthusiastic about the readings we've been doing the last few weeks in the letter to the Ephesians, one of my all-time favorite books of the Bible. It's such rich, good food. It's so nurturing. This is the word that comes down from heaven that lifts us back up. Last week, at the beginning of chapter 4, so much of those first verses are quoted in our baptismal liturgy in our Book of Common Prayer. There is one body and one spirit. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one hope in God's call to us. We are called to grow into the full stature of Christ. All quotes from Ephesians chapter 4 that appear in our prayer book for a very good reason because this Ephesians community is struggling to live into what it means to be in Christ. They are struggling to learn how to live together in Christ across disagreements, across hard feelings against injuries to each other. This week, Ephesians even admits that there are thieves in the community. I would like to know more about that. It might be connected to the whole forgive each other thing. So here we have in this community, here we have this community being called by St. Paul to remember that they are members of each other. That this community part of faith is not an accident. We're given to each other as part of our growth in love, as part of our growth into the full stature of Christ. And in fact, that growth can be both a communal word and an individual word. I also love Ephesians 4 because my wife and I discovered that it's the backbone of a bunch of the premarital counseling that both of us do. If you don't know, my wife's a pastor, and one of the fun things you get to do when you're married pastors is kind of work out your skills with each other. What do you talk to premarital counseling people with? What do you talk to them about? Well, honey, I talk to them about our marriage. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's a nice connection. It's nice to be a married Episcopal priest. You can talk about marriage firsthand. But all in this passage, this chapter 4, we have wonderful advice for learning how to live together in love. Last week, we had one of my all-time favorite and challenging passages. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. This week, we have be angry, 
but do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Yep, that's from the Bible. Thirdly, we have, do not speak evil, but seek to build each other up. These three quotes are things we pass on to couples in premarital counseling. In terms of building each other up, my wife and I have a habit of saying, make sure you say 10 positive things for every one negative thing in your relationship. Say 10 positive, praising, affirming things about your partner for every one criticism. Because we know that that one criticism is going to wipe out five to seven of the positive things you said. Because that's how humans seem to be wired. So we want to build and nurture that relationship through the positive, through the encouraging. Next, we move on to be angry. Be angry, but do not sin. And first, most couples are utterly shocked that the Bible is okay with you being angry. Because so many of us were raised with this idea that anger is a sin. That if I'm angry, I'm doing something wrong. Probably imparted to us by parents or teachers or adults who didn't like our anger. But the Bible is okay with the anger. And it reminds me of a wise teaching I received. That anger is a messenger. Anger is a messenger. Like our other emotions, it is something God has given us that teaches us to see and experience the world and know about it. And what anger does is it tells us there's been a violation. A violation of boundaries, a violation of an agreement. It tells us there's been expectations not met or unfulfilled. It can tell us that someone's doing harm to us. And so we pay attention to that anger and say, whoa, what am, I, what am I learning? And how do I bring this back into my relationship so we can get back in balance? So we can get back to respect? Which brings us to the last and favorite piece. Speak the truth in love. So you have the anger, what do you do with it? You speak the truth in love. And my wife and I have developed this shorthand that we use with each other and pass on to others. It's this. Honey, I love you and. We call it the I love you and. And I love you and is this wonderful thing that gives your partner the security of knowing that they're loved. The sense of strong bond and connection before you tell the truth. Or the rest of the truth. The rest of the truth. The rest of the truth. Sorry. Thanks. Thanks, heckling section over here. Before you tell the rest of the truth. And my wife and I will say to each other, honey, I know you love me, and I know I love you, and we really need to talk about X because of Y. And it changes the conversation. Because deep in our heart and in our core, one of our greatest fears is rejection and loss especially loss and rejection by those who are most intimate with us. Nothing is so painful as your beloved treating your relationship as conditional or contingent. 
But you can address that by speaking the truth and surrounding it by love. Honey, we're going to be okay, and we have to have a hard conversation. I really believe that that wisdom comes exactly as the imitation of Christ. Because what did God do for us through Jesus but let us know that God will love us and stay connected to us and hold us as beloved even while telling us the truth about ourselves. God has reassured us profoundly that we are secure with God. And in that security of God's love, we can face the truth individually and together. And we just repeat that pattern by telling the truth in love. We are modeling ourselves literally after Jesus, who is the perfect balance of truth and love, the perfect example of truth and love. And this is the gift of the gospel, the good news. We have all this wonderful wisdom and advice about how to live life in community and live life in marriage and relationships. And that good advice is grounded not in our heads, but in our hearts. It's grounded not in pedagogy or following rules, but in a relationship that makes it possible. We can attempt new behavior. We can try new things because we are loved enough to take risks. We are loved enough to learn. We are loved enough to grow. And this is my favorite part about St. Paul. Because St. Paul had the great realization that no matter how good the religious teaching is, no matter how high quality the religious teaching is, humans in our warped sinfulness can find a way to turn it into a stick to beat ourselves and others. We can turn good advice like speak the truth in love into a a source of harsh internal criticism of ourselves and others. So Paul says, I'm not giving you new rules or a new law. I am sharing with you the promise. I am sharing with you the promise of growth into a gift. The promise of growth into a gift. You can grow into the full stature of Christ, learning to extend love and truth in a healing way. That's a promise to grow into. And along that path, we don't have to be perfect. We can fail. We can try again. We can slip up. We can reapproach it. But most importantly, what we can do is return to God's nurture and love, the bread that comes down from heaven, which is, for me, the grounding gift. 
because I know my fallibility. I know my limitations. I know my weakness. I know that I get it wrong so many times. And all of that drives me back to depending on the love and nurture of God that will not break. And that love and nurture of God that will not break also throws me back into the game of love and truth to try again. To try again, to forgive again, to beg for grace again, to learn to love just a little more, and to accept the truth with courage. Amen.